Due to some of the content of this episode, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes depictions of sudden death, body horror, and suicide, and may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 13. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal ideation or thoughts of self-harm, know that you are not alone. The number of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the U.S. is 1-800-273-8255. Their mother was furious. Sig stared at her feet, listening to her mom and sister argue. She'd gone with her sister over to a friend's house. Hanging out with the older girls always sounded exciting, but never really was as fun as she'd imagined it would be. This time, they'd been playing with a Ouija board. And that was why her mom was so mad. I don't care if all she asked about was unicorns. I don't want her, or you, playing with that thing. Her mom's voice raised. You know what happened to your cousin Bonnie. Mom, it's just a game. Bonnie died. Everyone who played that thing died. You're not going to be playing with it anymore, and you're definitely not letting Sig play with it either. She hugged herself. She knew that Bonnie had gotten sick and died, but not that the Ouija board had caused it. The sound of her breathing caught the attention of her mom, and she looked over at her. Oh, sweetheart, it's okay. Just don't you ever, ever play with a Ouija board. Promise me. I I promise. You're listening to Spectral Evidence, a podcast from Locuson Studio. I am your host, Shay Locuson. Every Wednesday, I will share real-life stories of encounters with the supernatural, from bumps in the night to glimpses of unknown creatures on the side of the road. What you're about to hear is uncorroborated and contains details of the undetectable. It will be up to you whether or not you believe the spectral evidence. This is the second episode on Ouija boards. You will find some information on the history of Ouija boards, along with a few other stories in part one. This episode was also slightly delayed from my normal posting schedule. I appreciate your patience and understanding and hope you enjoy this week's show. Bonnie held her breath and closed her eyes tightly. She could tell herself it was a dream all she wanted, but it was so real, so present. The sound of the rope and the weight it carried was all there was. Bonnie knew what she'd see if she opened her eyes. She never opened her eyes. And yet she knew that if she did, she'd see the form of a girl no older than herself hanging in the corner. She grit her teeth and waited for the girl to go away. She wasn't the only one who'd seen the girl in the darkest corner of the room. But that didn't mean her family wanted to hear about it. Her friends did. Her friends Heather, Annie, and June were coming over the next evening with a Ouija board. They wanted to see the ghosts, and hoped that playing with the board would ensure that they would. Bonnie wasn't sure that it was the best idea, but she couldn't help but be curious at the same time. 
It was easy to dismiss how tired she felt when she was around her friends. They followed her home from school and quickly disappeared down into the basement with a bowl of popcorn and a bottle of Dr. Pepper. Bonnie turned on the radio and settled down with the other girls. They started the evening with more typical activities for girls their age. They painted their nails and made a cootie catcher. After they'd had pizza for dinner and Bonnie was certain her mother had gone to bed, they pulled out the Ouija board. The last time the girls had played with the board, it really hadn't done much. They figured they might get more responses out of it in Bonnie's house considering the ghost. Bonnie had been hesitant to tell the others about the hanging girl, but now she was happy that she had. Having a ghost in her house was cool to the other girls. Of course, they didn't have to wake up in the middle of the night to the sound of a creaking rope and the feeling of being watched. We're trying to reach the spirit of the girl who hanged herself in this house. One of Bonnie's friends announced evenly as they placed their fingers on the planchette. Tell us your name. Bonnie could feel the tension in the air as the planchette started to move beneath their fingers. It circled over the letters rapidly before beginning to slow. E. M. M. A. Emma. Bonnie breathed the name and looked up at the basement ceiling. How old are you, Emma? They found out that the girl had supposedly been 16 when she had hanged herself, and that it had been in the 1950s. That meant that she must have been the daughter of the previous owner. The fact that the girl had been so young, not much older than Bonnie was herself, made something twist in her stomach, and it was all she could think of while the other girls chattered and asked questions of the ghost. It came to her turn, and Bonnie couldn't help the question that slipped from her lips. Will I live to see 16? Her friends were quiet as the planchette slid towards no. That's not funny, guys. Bonnie pulled her hands away from the planchette. It was a serious question. We didn't do it. Heather shook her head, staring at Bonnie across the board. Why would we do that? Put the board away. Bonnie hissed through her teeth. The other girls didn't argue with her. They packed up the board and started to get ready for bed. That night, Heather heard the rope creaking in the dark. She was the first to go. Not even a week passed before Heather was in a serious car accident that left her in a coma. It was a coincidence. It, it had to be. Bonnie told herself that, even as she got the news that Annie had had a sudden aneurysm. June was next, following Emma's example. Then, Bonnie woke up with her sheets drenched in sweat and blood. Her mother rushed her to the hospital. Her temperature refused to come down, and the doctors had no explanation for her bleeding. She found herself staring at her hand when her aunt held it. Blood was seeping from underneath her fingernails. Bonnie confessed to playing with the Ouija board in the middle of a fever dream, shortly before she passed. Years later, her aunt would find out her daughters had been playing with the Ouija board, and she'd feel a sense of panic rushing through her, terrified that her daughters would end up just like Bonnie. We'll be back right after this. And now back to our story. If you're playing with the Ouija board and it tells you you're talking to Zozo, you might have come in contact with a well-known demon allegedly attached to the board. Zozo came to the forefront following a 2009 post by Darren Wayne Evans detailing his encounters with the entity. According to Darren, the spirit known as Zozo often pretends to be benevolent. Other times, it will pretend to be the spirit of departed loved ones or famous dead. Eventually, though, it will drop the act and begin to use abusive language and threaten the users of the Ouija board. 
Darren's encounters with Zozo often preceded near-death experiences or severe illnesses in his family. Darren is not the first person to experience Zozo, and other people have reported experiences like his with the being after his 2009 post. Zozo's name was also mentioned in a forum post about Ouija boards from Nigeria in 2005. Substantially earlier than that is an entry in the Infernal Dictionary from 1818. This book on demonology includes an account of a girl being tortured by three demons, one of which was named Zozo. There is some belief that Zozo is behind the Enfield Poltergeist incident in 1977, and the infamous possession of Roland Doe that inspired William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist. Zozo is the inspiration for the 2012 film I Am Zozo, also known as Are You There? Darren Wayne Evans cautions Ouija board users to promptly and properly end their session if the board spells out Zozo, or if you believe you have contacted the demon. It is better to be safe than sorry, where Zozo is concerned. A muted light shone through one of the windows in the student housing in Bloomington, Indiana. It was late, but that was really the best time to get the Ouija board out and start asking questions. Marty, Bria, and Elaine had been talking with the board a few days a week for the last two weeks. The board was so, so responsive and quick to answer their questions. They'd been able to talk to relatives that had passed on and significantly more famous dead. Marty had grinned from ear to ear when Napoleon himself had come through to answer his questions. After Marty had said goodbye to the Emperor, Bria took over the board. They set their fingers on the planchette and concentrated. Is there someone here who wishes to speak with us? The feeling in the room changed as the planchette slid over to yes. Alright, who is this? Bria asked, raising one of their eyebrows. Something about the spirit felt different from the ones that they had been talking to for the last two weeks. The planchette flew under their fingers, skating over letters and spelling out, The Omen. The three of them looked at each other over the board. None of them believed in any of that Zozo crap, or that using the board meant that demons are going to possess you. They'd been playing with it for weeks and hadn't had anything like this. Yeah, right. No, really, who is this? The board circled over a number. Six. 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 While the feeling in the room was definitely different than what they had been feeling over the last two weeks, it didn't feel... evil. Strange, sure, but not evil. The only thing evil in the room was the nonsense that the board was spewing. Tell us who you are, Bria demanded. The board continued to tell them it was the omen, and made another reference that Marty was pretty sure was straight out of The Shining. If you don't tell us who you are, we're gonna stop. Bria's tone was terse. The planchette stopped skating around the board. After a moment, it slid over the letters and spelled the name... Edward. Okay, so, Edward. Bria looked up at Elaine and Marty. Elaine was shaking her head as Bria asked the next question. Why were you lying to us? After a long hesitation, the spirit confessed that it was trying to scare them, and that it was his first time using the board himself. Elaine let out a startled little laugh at the message, and Bria grinned. Well, thanks for trusting us with that, Ed. Why are you talking with us tonight? Slowly but surely, they learned more about Ed. Unlike most of the spirits that they had been talking to, 
Ed had died relatively recently. He had been a student at Indiana University and had been killed in a traffic accident. They spent some more time talking with him, getting really coherent responses about his favorite classes. Bria asked him if they needed to contact any of his family and give them a message, but the spirit had declined. Listen, Ed, Elaine piped up. If you're going to do the Ouija board thing, you can't lead with that 666 crap. You're, you're going to scare the crap out of some teenagers and give someone a heart attack. The three of them smiled across the board when Ed thanked them for giving him a great experience with the Ouija board. Whether or not the spirit of Ed is at peace following the conversation with Marty, Bria, and Elaine is unknown. He very well could still be out there, scaring teenagers as he makes the planchette circle. Six. 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 If you enjoyed the podcast, I encourage you to support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Studio. This podcast is possible through the support of my patrons. Thank you to Caitlin W., who is in the Benefactor tier, and a special shout-out to my newest patrons, Marianne, Julie, Thora, Charity, Kara, and Rachel. I also need to thank Lori W. and Dara C. for their contributions. This episode featured stories from Sig and Marty. If you have a story of the supernatural, please feel free to share it with me. You'll find information on how to do that, my Patreon, and the music used in this episode in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Wednesday, and you can listen and subscribe to it on Anchor.fm and Spotify. Thank you for listening.